Welcome to All Villa, No Filler. Please like and subscribe below. Villarreal defender Al Torres is a key target for Unai Emery this summer. That's according to media reports. Today, I'm joined by Ruri Barlow, who is editor at Football España. Ruri, what's the latest on Pal Torres and his standing at Villarreal? Yeah, so the latest coming out of Spain, at least, is that Pau Torres has reached the point in his career where he feels that it's time to leave Villarreal. He feels that he's been there for a long time. He's now 26. He had the chance to leave a couple of years ago. Spurs put in a major bid. He elected to stay. He's now won the Europa League with uh, Villarreal. He's got to the Champions League semi-finals. I think he feels that, sure, maybe qualifying for the Champions League through the La Liga um, table they've more or less achieved everything he can there. And I think, yeah, it's, it's time for him to take a step. He's got a year left on his Villarreal contract. I'm fairly sure that he won't want to leave the club without leaving in a decent enough fee because he does have a close attachment. He's called uh, the boy from the the boy from the village. He, he's kind of the very much the local man who's who's uh, very attached to Villarreal. So, so, yeah, I think he's just reached the point in his career where he's willing to leave. And then in terms of reports, I mean, Aston Villa and I, Emery have been strongly linked. Seemingly, he appears to be convinced by the Emery project, as many people are. And uh, Bayern Munich and Juventus are the other two that have been mentioned. And I think Bayern Munich and Juventus, those are two slightly different cases. Bayern Munich are looking at replacements for Luca Hernandez, who looks as if he's off to PSG, and Juventus equally for Bremer. I think those two cases are more teams that are looking at Torres and if they need to move, will move for him. Whereas Aston Villa are pursuing him outright as one of their top targets. Okay, and uh, you know those links, you know Aston Villa, Bayern Munich, Juventus, those you know top teams. Um, just how good is Torres? It's a very good question. I mean, we've seen him operate at the top levels, and we've seen him operate kind of very well in that kind of second tier. I mean. Villarreal, they were very good defensively under Unai Emery, and that was partly a function of the way that they played, which was uh, fairly safety on, conservative, and keep things tight at the back before you start going forward. Now, for the likes of Spain, where he's been a little bit more exposed, you've seen perhaps some of the some of the weaknesses in this game. I think that right now, Pau Torres is a very good central defender, depending on the system you play him in. I think he's always going to be good. Wherever he's at that top kind of elite level, I would I would almost have said that the likes of kind of Diego Carlos are more versatile in terms of how they can play. And Diego Carlos, you can kind of stick him in any team and he's more like or less likely to be exposed. Whereas Pau Torres, I think you need to play in a system and a an organized defense that suits him in order to get that kind of top level performance out of him. Whereas if you leave him kind of one on one at the back against kind of bigger, stronger strikers. I think that's perhaps where he gets exposed a little bit. And I think that's where you see it with kind of Spain and the way that they defended and the way that they've played. So, so yeah, I think he's a little bit below that top level, but he's an enormously intelligent defender. He's a defender that is terrific on the ball. He really understands the kind of mechanics of how the ball should be brought out the back. And, uh, and, and yeah, in terms of Villa, I think he's definitely a Champions League level defender and definitely somebody that will probably improve their side. Okay, um, because it, when I have looked at his stats, you know, you mentioned his ability on the ball. Offensively, he's very, very good. Um, is that is that sort of what his key strengths are? Do you think is that is he that defender at the back that you can get the ball to him, and in tight scenarios, or if you if a team is trying to start from the back, he's the perfect player to do that. Absolutely. Look, I mean, allow me to go on off on a little bit of a tangent here. Rafa Benitez has just been appointed as Celta Vigo manager. 
And I think it was a few months ago, Guillaume Balaguer had a kind of sit-down conversation. It was Rafa Benitez, Marcelino Garcia Toral, Unai Emery and Yulin Lopetegui all around a, a kind of table doing an interview, a conversation, as you will. And Benitez has been talking a lot kind of in the media in Spain, at least about how he's been studying, about bringing the ball out from the back, how to utilise that back best, how to kind of essentially implement that into his future teams and his future management. Now, I think that's something that probably comes a lot from Unai Emery, who's, who's somebody that was very concerned with that at Villarreal. And one of the things that they did so well was they kind of lulled teams onto them. Mm. And then they managed to almost counterattack from kind of goal kicks or, or kind of deeper free kicks or even just kind of deep possession. And Pau Torres is key to that. I think the three kind of crucial vertebrae of that Villarreal side, you had Pau Torres, Dani Parejo and Gerard Moreno. And those three kind of guided or, or certainly conducted the ball through the through the pitch for VRL. So Pau Torres is somebody that understands how to bring the ball out from the back, where the spaces are, the angles that he needs to play at. And that's one of the things that does make him such an asset because although maybe he's not the strongest, and that's perhaps my biggest doubt about him, is his kind of uh, strength and, and defending against kind of those top-level strikers. The the thing that he does so well and the thing that he's asked to do more often than he would have been 20 years ago is bring the ball out from the back. And that makes such a difference to a side, especially like Unai Emery, who has such specific tactics, who has such a specific idea of what he wants to do with the ball. Pau Torres fits that perfectly, and he's somebody that obviously Emery is very well aware of, having worked with for two, three years. I think what Emery perhaps sees in him is somebody that I've molded to my exact specifications, that I know exactly what he can bring me, and there's probably few better in the game at doing that specific thing that I want him to do. Mm. And, uh, you know, obviously he has a diff slightly different functions for Villarreal and Spain. You were saying that there's a couple of weaknesses that might have been exposed for Spain. Um, would you be able to sort of clarify what that might be? Yeah, I mean, we said that he's kind of the prototype modern centre-back in the fact that he's very good on the ball, he's very intelligent positionally, he's very smart, and he looks to kind of proactively shut down attacks. Now, that works if you're in control of the game and or if you're kind of uh, in a situation where the game is going your way. But if you are kind of higher up in the line, if you're exposed, and I think it's those... And I, I was thinking about this. It's, it's, these are strikers that you don't necessarily have to face that often anymore. Think back to the likes of kind of, um, not necessarily Peter Crouch, but Didier Drogba and, and kind of more powerful strikers like that. Mm. Number nines that dominate you physically, the likes of kind of Lukaku in his day when he's on form. Those strikers aren't quite so common anymore. But when you do come up against that, that's where perhaps Pau Torres struggles because he doesn't, Although he's tall and although he's quite big, he doesn't necessarily have that physical strength. And I think if there's one thing that I, I believe that Torres is missing and, and Torres perhaps will add this to his game, perhaps he'll get a little bit more kind of aggressive in the Premier League, it's that little streak of nastiness. I mean, we call him from the boy from the village and it's because he's very nice, he's, he's quite pretty, he, everybody kind of likes him, he, he's very <laughs> admirable. He's a nice guy, essentially. And if he can install that little bit of nastiness, and he's had Raul Albiol alongside him in recent uh, in recent years, and it, I think there's been a concerted effort to do it sometimes, but it doesn't necessarily come naturally for him to kind of go one-on-one, -on -one, battle with a striker, absolutely make it his mission to shut them down. He's more concerned about kind of the general play, the overall game, his function. And I think that kind of personal aspect to it, that little bit of bite that I quite like from my central defenders, at least, is perhaps the one area where Torres perhaps against the biggest teams, against the best teams, it's going to be exposed. But equally, as I say, 
if you're deeper, if you're structured, if you're organized, that's not something that gets exposed so much because that's where defenders are kind of in their in their zone and, and they essentially need to fulfill that role. Um, so as long as you're not necessarily always asking Torres to go one-on-one, then that's that's not too much of an issue. Yeah, so the kind of the physical side of it would be an interesting one to see how he'd adapt to that if he came to the Premier League. Um, do you think that Unai Emery would be the perfect manager for him to work with if he were to move to the Premier League? Absolutely. I mean, there's nobody better than somebody who's got the best form out of him over the last two, three years and somebody that knows him inside out, somebody that will know those weaknesses, somebody that will be aware of how best to play him. I mentioned Raul Albiol kind of being beside him. And if you get kind of Diego Carlos there and Diego Carlos operating at kind of full capacity, I think that's a perfect partner for him because almost kind of what you had was Joel Koundé and Diego Carlos because Diego Carlos was big, physical, pretty aggressive, goes into those challenges, whereas Paul Torres is likely to be a bit more measured. And mm. that was kind of the role that Koundé had where he he was kind of, I mean, he's pretty aggressive too, likes to go into challenges, but... but Kunde was kind of more the the measured kind of positional player in that defence, whereas Diego Carlos was kind of the one that would mop up, that would go into challenges. If there was that one big physical striker, Diego Carlos would take that and then Pau Torres could kind of manoeuvre off that. So, so yeah, I think if those two can strike up a partnership, that'd be fantastic. And I, I think Torres, yeah, I, I think Unai Emery will be able to get the best out of him as much as any other manager would. And uh, does Torres... Is he left-footed? Does he tend to play on the left side of the uh, defense? Yes, very, very left-footed. It has to be said. He he does operate from that side, and uh, and and yeah, he does have a good left foot. He, he's very uh, cultured, as they say these days. Right. Okay. So that's interesting because Tyra Mings, obviously, you know, Villa's sort of stalwart defender, is also left-footed and has got a lot better at building from the back. But I guess if you compare the stats playing out from the back of Mings and uh, Pal Torres, Torres is ahead. But I guess they're playing in two different systems, so maybe there's you know various factors for that. Um, so that yeah, that would be interesting to see if that if that came to pass. Um, but you know, uh, are you in any way surprised that Aston Villa might be his next destination? Um, do you think? Um, I know Villa have been linked with a lot of teams, and it seems that there's quite a lot of money going around there at the moment. But you know, considering that he's been linked with the Champions League as well with Bayern and Juventus, I don't know even if Spanish giants might come in for him. Um, he's, would you be what, what would you make of it if he went to Aston Villa, basically? I think in the day and age we're in, it would make sense. I think it would be not necessarily a massive upward move because, I mean, yeah, we're talking about a side that's recently won a European trophy as well. But um, in terms of Paul Torres going to the Premier League, this is an ambitious project, a project that's aiming for European qualification. It's under Unai Emery, a manager he knows. It's under a Villa project that's investing pretty heavily. Uh, and doing so well. So I think it, it makes sense for Paul Torres. I think in terms of that kind of top level that Juventus Bayern, if he does go to one of those sides, maybe not so much Juventus nowadays, but certainly Bayern, I don't think he's necessarily going to start. So so as I say, he's kind of a little kind of smidgen below that top level. I mean, he's still only 26. He's not yet at peak mm. level for a central defender. So that's to come. And if Villa can kind of lock him down and, and continue that development, continue that kind of um, adding to his skills, then then yeah, look, I mean, Pau Torres could become one of the best in the world. He was linked to Barcelona kind of a couple years back when that kind of Tottenham bid came in and it looked as if he would leave a couple years back. Mm. I, I think that's kind of eased off a little bit because we've seen a few more of his weaknesses and Pau Torres, I mean, when he comes onto the scene, kind of 2023, those kind of early formative years are where you see kind of a player make the biggest strides in improvement. 
Whereas mm. once you get to kind of 24, 25, 26, that kind of slows down a little bit. You kind of know more or less what you've got with a player, even if they're still developing. And so, so yeah, I think those kind of top teams in terms of looking at Pau Torres as a starter, maybe perhaps in the past he would have been mentioned in the same breath in Spain, at least with Matias de Ligt, whereas now he's probably a little kind of just stage below that. Okay. And uh, I guess to sort of sum it up, you know, if he did sign for Aston Villa, what, what do you think he'd bring ultimately to the club? What does he bring? I mean, he, he's a consummate professional. He's a very smart, intelligent player. He's a guy who I think is ambitious, but also pretty kind of measured in his, his approach as well. I think he's pretty stable mentally as a ball-playing centre-half. I think that's something you need. Is you need the ability to make mistakes and to be able to overcome them. Somebody who has, yeah, as, as we we're saying, he has kind of a very specific profile. He has that kind of modern central defender prototype profile, but somebody that can develop more and under Una Emery's hands. I mean, you mentioned kind of Mings and you mentioned Diego Carlos there. It'd be interesting to see him in a back three. I think I think he mm. could do really good things in a back three, especially if you have that little extra bit of cover and you give him that little bit more kind of freedom to push forward into midfield to make those passes. So, so yeah, I think he'll bring plenty to Villa. It's interesting that they've got those kind of three central defenders that I would say are, are good enough to play kind of Champions League level. And how that develops, how we know Emily sees that going, um, will certainly be one to watch closely, I think. Yeah, very interesting. I hadn't really considered the formation change, but it does definitely offer the potential to do that, particularly with Europe, Villa in Europe, you know. And if other sides start to work out a way of playing Villa, it just offers a different option to approach. That's interesting. But actually, also, just one more thing is um, on it, how much you might cost. I've seen kind of like a lot of figures floating around, some saying 70 million, some 35 million. Like, What's the general sense in Spain that he might be? It won't be 70 million. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you breathe easier with that. But, uh, <laughs> gotcha, yeah. but yeah, I think uh, it's difficult to tell because he has a year left on his deal. So quite right. clearly, I mean, that provides an incentive for Villarreal to sell. But equally, I mean, Pau Torres is, is a player that I think that Villarreal know they have an asset and they're typically quite tough negotiators. They're a team that get value for their players. But equally, I think they've been muddling with the idea of selling Torres for a couple of seasons. Certainly last season, I think they were willing to sell him. They didn't get perhaps the bid that they wanted. So I could see this being somewhere between certainly 40 and 60. I would say it's probably likely to be just under the 50 mark. If that That's my estimation. That's my guess. That's uh, opinion, not information, as they say in Spain. But... Uh, but yeah, I think somewhere around that mark will probably do it for Villarreal. Okay, Rory, well, thanks again for coming on. I mean, Aston Villa are just endlessly linked with uh, La Liga uh, figures and players. You know, we've seen Monchi come in, Unai Emery, Alex Moreno, potentially Pau Torres. And I'm almost certain tomorrow there will be another La Liga player uh, that will be linked with us. Uh, so uh, I look forward to chatting to you again. Um, but uh, Rory, um, thanks again for coming on. And uh, for those who might want to find your work and you online, where can we find you? At Rory Barlow on Twitter, R-U-R-I-B-A-R-L-O-W. And at Football Espana is obviously the, the website I work for, the, the website I edit. So uh, go there for keeping up to date on Spanish football rumours and uh, certainly with Aston Villa being linked with a lot of teams. <laughs> Quite frequently they get mentions there. But yeah, looking forward to being back on soon, no doubt, Frankie. <laughs>